0: Um mmm. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bolsby and Melissa Kircher.
1: Welcome listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, joined by my
0: faithful companion in movie crime, Melissa. That's right. (laughs) I know my name, Wendy. (laughs) Good job, you. I know, I'm proud. It was a pop quiz and you passed 100%
1: um so welcome again listeners we are winding down towards the end of the year right now um for us whenever it is you're listening to it um Mm -hmm. happy new year yeah
0: this will this will go up on the 7th of january so we are bridging the the time of the turn of the year so we're recording before we're releasing after it's it's one of those those things those temporal things you know
1: like, right now it's 2015, but as you're listening, it's 2016. It's so very Doctor Who timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Yes,
0: yes. Yes.
1: Um. Um. I think we can all agree. Like, it seems to be a theme on my Facebook that 2015 kind of sucked donkey balls. Yeah. So let's all look forward to a better 2016. Although, that said, our topic tonight, listeners, is some of our favorite movies and movie experiment... Experiments? (laughs) Experiences.
0: (laughs) Well, some of them were experiments.
1: That too. Experiences of 2015. Mm -hmm. So um, even though 2015 may have, you know, you know, bit the old big one, we're going to focus on the positives of things that we got to see and enjoy this year. And there were some really awesome things. So yay for us. Yeah. Let's let's focus on the positive. Yeah. Um, I am drinking... Dear listeners, uh, apparently there's a really good local cider down here, and what that means in practical terms is it has pushed the national ciders to go cheap or get out. Um, (laughs) So Crispin was on sale, a four-pack for five bucks. So I picked up some Crispin today. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah, normally it's like nine bucks for a four-pack. At least it was up in the city, so... Yeah, I, I've got some crisp and hard cider on tap right next to me here. Lovely. Oh, very nice, very nice. Mm.
0: Meanwhile, I have water. Good job, Melissa. I know, right, <laughs> dear listeners. Uh, the The holiday season was kind of harsh on me, so I'm I'm not going to drink for a while. So. I'm sorry. Detox. Yeah I'm just detoxing. I I promised myself to not drink until February. Um I am spending a, like half a week in Chicago in January, so I figure all bets are off just during that week. But uh, mostly I'm just trying to detox for a month and see what happens. So um I it, it could go horribly, horribly wrong, and I'll return to my debaucherous ways, you know, sooner than rather than later. But do not fret, listeners. I'm not
1: fretting. There are so many paths to debauchery. Oh, I know, I know. We'll get you there.
0: Also, uh, dear listeners, uh, since we post these things out of order, you will still be hearing Drunk Melissa podcasts Till, like, well into February. <laughs> so so don't worry. Yeah, it's going to
1: be weird. About the time she starts drinking again is when you're going to start hearing Sober Melissa. It's going to be very odd.
0: Yeah, it, it's going to be, like, peppered throughout. So you'll get, like, Sober Melissa, Drunk Melissa, Sober Melissa. Who knows? It'll be great.
1: Yeah, now, that said, Melissa, we are not drunk
0: every time we podcast. No. There
1: have been many a podcast where by the end of the night yeah and you know I'd been drinking wine maybe but nothing really happened of course there's been a a handful of podcasts
0: that were poor life choices it's true <laughs> yeah yeah the one where I accidentally drank caffeine which dear listeners is the one that posted last week about party movies yeah um. Wow,
1: I haven't listened to that one yet. I've been kind of saving that one for a oh, rainy day. Oh boy, are you okay? See, I think that's what broke you. Like, just seriously, man. <laughs> oh, that's not good.
0: Yeah, I'm the combination Melissa. of alcohol and caffeine. Dear listeners, I'm I'm kind of allergic to caffeine, so I I don't. I don't have caffeine. So when I accidentally have caffeine, like, once every couple years or so, like, it just suddenly sprung upon me, like, in Kickapoo Joy Juice or whatever the hell, or uh, Kickapoo Fruit Shine, that's what it was. Um, Yeah, that was very surprising to me. And I was up till, like, 5 a.m. drunk texting uh, people in JPL. So... Anyway, that is so. A tangent. Awesome things resulted, but yeah you you don't have any you don't
1: have any immunity built up, and you're slightly allergic to it. So, oh, oh, yeah. poor Melissa. I,
0: I had about a, a two and a half days of feeling really wretched to my stomach and being awesomely awake. <laughs> frighteningly awake i think the word you were looking
1: for was frightening Like, i mean i no mean awesome awake. in the
0: original sense of the word like awesome as in terrifying
1: <laughs> as in like i can see the molecules <laughs> like ant-man awake like oh my god i've gone quantum yeah so let's talk about movies 2015 yeah. Okay, so leaving aside, you know, some of the other bullshit, politically, socially, culturally, everything out the door, just talking about what was going on in the movie theaters, There's some awesome fucking shit happening in movie theaters this year. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I, I, I kind of want to just, let's just get it out of the way. Let's just touch on Star Wars real quick, because oh, yeah. this is the year Star Wars came back, and anybody who doesn't put Star Wars on their best of 2015 list is a liar not that it was necessarily the one of the best films but how can you ignore something so
0: culturally huge well I mean this I mean our picks tonight are uh, things that delighted us things that we especially kind of fell in love with so yeah Star Wars uh the Force awakens may not be the best movie in the world but boy I was... Having a really good time in that theater.
1: Oh yeah, I have. I saw it. I have now seen it three times. Holy cow! We saw it before Teddy, uh-huh. which worked out well because it meant that while Chris was seeing it for the first time, I could be on Teddy question duty. Mm-hmm. So the second time I saw it was mostly answering questions for Kit for the kiddo. People are like, "Oh my God, you!" She was talking during the movie. Didn't the Alamo kick her out? I'm like, "Excuse me, she's got good movie manners. She knows to whisper in my ear." Mm-hmm. Um, so. uh and then the third time was simply because Chris wanted to see it a second time. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you, you do need to see it a second time, which means three for me. Yay, 3 Pete. So good. Um, the Having seen it the third time, having had time to process it, having had time to talk to people about it, um, I am firmly, I am still firmly in the camp of, I, I kind of love it.
0: I did have a uh, a very long conversation with my friend, Sean, uh, I think it was last Tuesday, where we spent about three hours talking about how we would rewrite, re I can't say that word. I'm sober. Rewrite that movie <laughs> to make it better. But I mean, it ins- it inspired us so much that it's like, oh, how would that be even cooler? Well, if we Added this character motivation to this person, and and uh, yeah, it was uh, the level of nerdery that has come out of the woodwork over the last couple of weeks has been pretty amazing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, as we discussed on the po- our previous episode about it, you know, what this movie did that was successful is it 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 rebooted the franchise. It it made me want to show up again, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. which is no small feat. Right, um, I having. Now seen it for the third time with particular lenses in place I would be a big fan of the Poe Finn ship <laughs> that would I I think it could be a legitimate interpretation of the encounters they have had and I feel like that would be super exciting and something I would really enjoy watching
0: that'd be it's really so, cute
1: so pretty mm-hmm. um but mostly, the third time, you would think I would have noticed sooner, but the third time is where it really sunk in. There are women in that universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, every, everywhere. And not just as a special character who gets to do something special. Just as part of the team. No big deal. Just doing their job. Not even commented on. Like, not the um, not the token female who shows up to save the day, even. I mean... But just the resistance team that attacks Starkiller Base, one of the women is a pilot. Not even commented on. She's just a female. Yep. Just a female pilot doing her job, part of the team. <laughs> um, there's women all throughout the con- control room of Starkiller Base. There's female stormtroopers who aren't F- Captain Phasma. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was just like, oh my God, is this what it's like to see <laughs> women in a movie? <laughs> not, not as objects of sexual desire, not as token strong female characters, just
0: there. Mm-hmm. So exciting. So exciting. Yay. Which I think serves as a good lead in to Mad Max Fury Road, which is also yeah. on my list. I think it's on uh, both our lists, really. On, <laughs>
1: it should be on everybody's <laughs> list because, um, however, you feel about Star Wars, I think
0: everybody should agree Fury Road. One of the best, period. Fury Road is legitimately a great movie. I mean, <laughs> I mean, not that Star Wars isn't, but I mean, like I was saying, there are many things I would change about Star Wars now that I've had time to to ruminate about it. But Fury Road is like, that's an amazing film. That is fantastically edited. That is uh, a brilliant piece of movie making. I Yeah. All wrapped up in a glorious package that blows up a shitload of cars. <laughs> so many cars. so many cars (laughs) so So much destruction
1: and i mean yeah we get furiosa we get um the the many mothers Mm -hmm. we get the women who say fuck fuck this noise i i'm choosing my own agency and you don't get to control me anymore
0: we are not things
1: we are not things yes Mm -hmm. i mean now just imagine what that movie would have been like if you know an actor had been put in the role of max (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, I said it. I, you know what? 2015
1: was the year that cemented that Tom Hardy... Tom Hardy is a character actor trapped in a leading man's body without Brad Pitt's charisma. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, and that's the sad fact. It's not like he's bad, but it's he never does anything that makes me... Like latch onto him and go, wow, I can't picture anybody else in this role because Tom
0: Hardy just nailed it. I'm like, well, you know, he did okay. But the thing is, you know, Max doesn't have much to do in Fury Road. (laughs) Let's face it.
1: I feel like, I feel like. It's Furiosa's movie. I feel like it's Furiosa's movie. Do not get me wrong. No problems there. Um, But I think we could name off the cuff five actors who put in that role would have found something to do with that role. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they were appropriate for the role. Like, there are actors that find things to do.
0: <laughs> like
1: uh, Willem Dafoe. Oh, true. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Just picture, just picture like a Willem Dafoe Mad Max and just giggle.
0: <laughs> I feel like he'd dehydrate within five minutes. Because he's there already... was pre- a fire <laughs> I feel like Willem Dafoe is already pretty dehydrated, and then he would just wither up to a husk in the in the desert, and he'd blow away. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's not. It's ridiculous to imagine him actually being cast. But let's be honest that it does. It is sort of enjoyable to just yeah.
0: Oh. Know, oh and to to I'm I'm going to keep moving this rock. along because we the rock yeah. <laughs> the rock come on but the just rock is from so Rome. not mad max but um oh god no but all right but we can move on we, can, but move we along. can we need to we we dear listeners we have like 20 movies so i'm going to try and uh, move this along and a lot of these we've discussed at length previously on episodes so we're, we'll are we try and keep it trim we'll try and keep it trim but i i felt like um since we just mentioned tom hardy we can move uh forward to revenant which i really enjoyed
1: this is on Melissa's list, this not mine.
0: This one's on my list, and um, I really did like The Revenant, which uh, comes out wide on uh, January eighth, if I remember right.
1: But it's it, beautiful.
0: I mean, yeah, it is. It's yeah. just fucking beautiful. It's it's gorgeous. It is this amazing revenge film. It's um, beautifully directed. Um, it is a a theater experience. Uh, definitely go see it in the theater. Great performances. I really enjoyed it. I liked it. And dear listeners, if uh, you want to hear me talk about more about it, we talked about it in our Numathon episode just a couple episodes ago. Yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: And it, I certainly had a great experience watching it. It's gorgeous. Leonardo brings it. Uh-huh. There's there's a lot to like. It's got Domhnall Gleeson in it, in it, and he's one of my new favorite people who pops up everywhere. I'm just like, yay, it's you again. <laughs> 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 it's Joseph Scrimshaw. Did you know that he looks like Joseph Scrimshaw? Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: He really I does. Didn't,
1: I didn't see it until I somebody mentioned it, then Joseph posted a picture and I'm like, Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> odd. Okay, so if you're gonna mention uh the Revenant, then I feel like I should bring up Bone Tomahawk because okay. under traditional rules would I say it was one of the best of twenty fifteen? No. However, I fucking enjoyed the experience. It was so, delightful. So much. It was it was unexpected in the right ways it was super satisfying like a like a you know like a real the meal that you wanted when you were hungry like when you really mm-hmm. want a cheeseburger nothing else will do and you get the and you don't just get like a cheeseburger you get like an awesome cheeseburger you're like yes yes this is what i wanted seeing kurt russell be awesome like that mm-hmm. oh i loved him
0: and the ca- the rest of the cast was great. Um, well, Cabin in the Woods guy being the um, yeah the the second coming of Walter Brennan. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that 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 to me is the standout of that movie. Is I can never remember the guy's name. I just I'll just say Cabin in the Woods guy. And I'll, dear listeners, cabin I'll in write the it woods down
1: guy, the 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 time the Pat- time man Patrick. Uh, uh, no,
0: Patrick Wilson is. The um the young handsome husband dude. Okay, no no that that I'm thinking of a different. I can never remember the guy's name. Anyway, uh, cabin in the woods guy, it the, is awesome. The 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 one who's not Josh Lyman in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like all of our listeners are like I know who you're talking about. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the guy with the lines in his forehead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but patrick wilson was really good too well, i'm he, really
0: kind of becoming a fan it's a great cast just overall and and be pre- dear listeners it's a great western and be prepared for some um oh texas chainsaw massacre level gore <laughs> Near the yeah, end. it's
1: a really fun western it's a really fun going out on a quest um and it takes a sharp turn, and then it's really tense and really gruesome, and the woman is not useless in lots of different ways. She's not useless. Like, mm-hmm. I really liked that movie. I, I'm excited to show it to Chris, but it, it kind of came and went, so now I gotta find it for him.
0: Right. It sits at the, the so. center of the Venn diagram between Western and horror and i really appreciate that yes. cuz that that is a, a an event diagram that is not much explored
1: <laughs> i feel like there are opportunities there because the west was horrifying the revenant kind of is in that same zone
0: so speaking of kurt russell and westerns we should bring up hateful 8 which i know you haven't seen yet but um it was quite the experience i have
1: tickets <laughs> I have tickets for this coming saturday I'm super excited.
0: All right. I'm going to take a little time to talk about it since it's brand new and we haven't had a chance to talk about it before in the podcast because I just saw it. I did go see the 70 millimeter roadshow and unfortunately I saw it in Minneapolis and the one place showing it in Minneapolis is an AMC that had a borrowed projector. It did. It was not playing at either of the two other theaters that actually have 70 millimeter equipment and trained projectionists. Which is the problem? God so fucking damn it! I know, right? I, it it wasn't playing at the Heights, and it wasn't playing at Willow Creek. They they stuck it at AMC Southdale, which I don't think I've ever had a good uh, experience at that particular theater. They have just the worst projection. So um,
1: I. It's not that I've had every experience there be terrible, but almost every bad experience I've had has been there. Yeah. It was at the AMC Southdale, where during Javert's big song in Les Mis, first off, the sound system in the theater we were in um, was was out, and it was front speakers only, and they knew that. Oh. They knew that, and were just like, yeah, this the sound system had a problem, and I'm like... When I come to goddamn well see a movie, I expect fucking surround sound and not just you guys being lazy asshats. Mm-hmm. And then, because the projectionists are just fucking teenagers who don't know their goddamn job, the, the, his head was cut off. And yeah. when I went out to complain, the manager, not... No, 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 no. Not just the dude at the help desk. Not just the person at the count at the concession counter. The fucking manager was like, well, that's how they shot it. And I'm like, no, that is not how they goddamn shot it. I've already seen the movie once, you fucking asshat. And so then I got, you know, two free tickets. But really, I was just so fucking offended. And then, like, so then you tell me it's at the South Southdale. And I'm like, with a borrowed projector. Yeah. With untra- Like, look, Tarantino- God bless you for trying to be an evangelist for film, but I agree with Drew McQueenie. I don't know how much help you did your cause when so many of these experiences are being marred because we don't have trained projectionists anymore to, to really run,
0: build these prints right. To we, we have the projectionists. It's just they weren't sending those prints to those locations, half the time and it frustrates me and pains me to say this AMC got the bid it's like amc got the bid but um it pains me to say it i'm looking forward to seeing it in digital so i can actually see (laughs) how it looks (laughs) because uh the the problems that i had was in in, first of all dear listeners um let's back up a little bit the 70 millimeter roadshow projected on you know off of a 70 millimeter print it also includes uh six minutes more footage and a an intermission and an overture so it's the and and you get a nice little program when you get in get into the theater so it's kind of the the big a big event thing so it's it's criminal that uh amc projected this movie and first of all it was masked improperly um not the not the projector being masked improperly but the uh screen itself you know how they usually you know roll up the the black so it kind of curtains yeah, yeah. it, it roll up the curtains a little bit so it's a nice uh even frame no the the bottom was allowed to bow you know just horribly and um there was a big blurry spot uh to the like the center right where um i, I think it may have been a burnt lens on this borrowed projector, and it was jittery. So, like when the text parts popped up, you could really tell oh. that it's it it was there was a fair amount of jitter. It was just really hard to watch, <laughs> it, especially since it's gorgeous. You can it. tell the film is gorgeous. It is beautiful, and uh, the the colors are just buttery and just lovely, and it it just. It hurt. It just hurt to watch. That said, the movie. It's not one of Tarantino's best. It's very interesting. I—I I, Like I said, I am looking forward to seeing it a second time and seeing how the story comes together because it plays like a mystery in uh, for much of the running time. And um, this is a movie that's almost entirely constructed of all those bits of Tarantino movies where there are really tense conversations leading up to something. It's like entirely really tense conversations leading up to something. (laughs) There's a lot of conversations happening. Yeah. The, the script is amazing. I mean, it doesn't touch me in ways like death proof or, or inglorious bastards did, but it's a very interesting film. And I'm anxious to hear what you think about it, Wendy, when you do finally see it.
1: It's a hell of a cast and I get to see it at an Alamo, which means an an original Alamo which means I have high hopes for a really good cinematic experience because um down here in at at the Alamo um there is a there is a tradition of good projectionists like to mm-hmm. the point Where at so many film events, the people who are running it will call out who the projectionist is and give them props. Because there is really a culture down here of knowing that that is a very specific skill set. And it is something that needs to be appreciated and passed on. Right. You know, yes, there's a lot to be said for digital. But these the beauty of... I I am with Tarantino on this one. And yet... Tarantino, if you're going to be an evangelist, you got to make sure that it goes all the way and not just, well, AMC won the bid. Yeah, AMC doesn't care about actually delivering a good product. Once they've got their tickets, they have proven they don't give a fuck unless you complain.
0: I'm, w- I'm willing to bet that Tarantino would have preferred to go to the smaller art houses, um, but the Weinsteins did most of the dealing to make it happen.
1: Oh, it's just such bullshit. Yeah. It's just such bullshit. Because I agree. It's, it's The horrible. Heights would have treated that print. I mean, did you did you read about the one print that literally it burned?
0: Yeah.
1: Somebody burned the goddamn print.
0: Mm-hmm. Are,
1: are you? Ah, oh, I'm just so offended. Anyway. <sighs> but I can't wait to see it. Uh, well, if we're going to talk about, let's see. I got nothing specific to transition into other than, um, <laughs> let's just talk about how great the Martian was. Okay. The Martian was awesome. i know super big movie events i'm just randomly picking one off of my list here the martian
0: it's uh one of ridley scott's good ones it's the one in three
1: (laughs) somebody was like well it's not really a ridley scott picture because it's an adaptation to which i say well he's done other adaptations and you know what um are you really going to deny the man one good one after the after his recent batting record like let the man have this one he did a good job
0: <laughs> well yeah yeah he did fine and i i mean like i always say he, he one in 3 out of his uh his track record is good and that's pretty much always been his batting average he had a couple of really truly memorable films in the 80s which is why we, he has this great um a oh. great cachet with geeks but uh but yeah no he he misses more than he hits, honestly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he does. But but when, when he hits, hits, he hits when when well. It's the right project. I don't care what you say about it being an adaptation. The Martian is just so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I want to own it. I just want to <laughs> I just want to watch it. Um I've already I cuz I have the audiobook. I've already listened to the audiobook 3 times, which <laughs> is saying something. Yeah. Like seriously, people. Yeah, I feel like the Martian needs to be up for a best adaptation screenplay, screenplay adapted. Mhm. Like cuz it's a solid I like I really appreciate the adaptation they did there. That's a lot of science to cram in.
0: Well, and, and especially since you're mostly relying on one actor to carry the vast majority of the movie. That's always is, tricky to write for.
1: I wish somebody would I mean, they won't cuz sci-fi Sci-fi and popular films never get the credit that they're due, but somebody should nominate nominate Matt Damon. He was great. Mm, That movie wouldn't work. I mean, going back to the Tom Hardy argument, that movie would not be the same movie with somebody else in that
0: role. Right. Right.
1: Matt Damon brings something very definitive to the role and he does a great job. And he's not just Matt Damon, but he's got that extra oomph that makes it so fucking watchable. Although he does look like BB-8. Did you notice that?
0: Oh, he does. He totally looks like BB-8. He is the human embodiment of BB-8. He's
1: the- he's- I'm gonna figure shit out and fix things. I'm BB-8. Yep.
0: <laughs> and he's orange. You know what? Since we were talking about Kurt Russell, I'm gonna bring up Furious 7. I know you haven't seen it yet, but Furious 7 delighted me to no end. Um, wait it is,
1: a minute, wait a minute. Kurt Russell's in that?
0: Yes, He is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am so excited to see
0: it now. <laughs> with with the later episodes of the Fast and Furious movies, every episode or so they add a couple people to the cast, and you know they keep well, all. Yeah, the, I know that. Yeah, and they they keep building them on it. And Furious Seven adds a couple people, and one of them, it it's a kind of a spoiler. It's not really. I mean, you see his name in the opening credits, Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, it's not a
1: spoiler. I'm just so excited. Um, oh, listeners, yeah. I don't know if it's been mentioned. I am currently being walked through the whole Furious, Fast and Furious franchise by a friend down here in Texas. And we were only up to three, which is Tokyo Drift. And everybody, you know, everybody, when I say this jokes, you know, like take a drink every time uh, that somebody mentions family or Vin Diesel mentions family. None of that happens. The very first mention of family, by the way, is at the very end of three. Mm-hmm. And but from here on out, because um, one of the things that's been mentioned is like women gyrating. I'm like, there's not been a lot of, a whole lot of gyrating. So I feel like the gyrating quotient's also going to go up oh yeah now that that we've reached four i'm really excited for four five six seven right like we did one two three because we're those kinds of geeks but i'm excited for four five six seven and then i had a moment you'll appreciate this melissa on christmas evening we were talking about the fury the ff movies right i was over at cargill's and cargill was trying to tell me that ludicrous he's like there's only uh you get two good things in, in Tokyo Drift. You get Han and you get Ludacris. I'm like, Ludacris isn't in three. He's like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So here's here's Cargill being his, you know, <laughs> super knowledgeable self, like trying to no Oh, you're wrong. And I'm like, Cargill, literally, I just watched these.
0: Mm-hmm. Ludacris is in two. Ludacris is in two.
1: He's in two. And he's like, two is awful. I'm like, uh-uh. I just watched these. Two is so much better than three, I can't even tell you. <laughs> Two is two is ridiculous, but it's a it's at least fun. Three is just mind like two. We watched without talking all the way through the movie. Three was a movie that we watched occasionally when we weren't chatting.
0: Yeah, although I do want the Hulk van from three. I do. Yes, I do.
1: The, well, I mean that's 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 Bow Wow. He's not little yeah. Bow Wow anymore. He's Bow Wow, yeah. but he's got that aw- awful, awful act, Lucas. Black, is that his name? Yeah, oh. black. And, and, oh, he's young Frankenstein is what I call him. Oh my god. Oh he he
0: just, he's he's he has doom. He has the charisma of a block of of like dried out wood. Not even, you know, good wood yeah. that you can work on or, you know, like put in a lathe and work on. No, he'd just fall into splinters. No. It's like uh no. Uh, but yeah, yeah. for four onward is you're gonna have such a good time but uh dear listeners if if you have been watching the furious movies and um haven't gotten to seven yet seven is ridiculous i mean seven is shooting for the moon and everything's in it and it's amazing and just it is excess upon excess and i'm so happy with it
1: We barely talked about Furious Seven, but that's because I didn't want to let you. I am sorry. That's okay. No, no, no. It's good. Okay. Um. Let's see if we're gonna talk about exciting movies. Then a movie from way back at the beginning of the year that we both loved would be Kingsman.
0: Kingsman. Kingsman.
1: Like, and I feel a need to revisit it now that we have seen. We have seen Taron Edgerton in another great movie, and we have discovered that he is delightful. Like, everybody, you've got to be fans of this guy. He is so sweet and funny and likable. Like, he's like a real guy. Ah, oh, be a fan. Be a fan.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, especially after, you know, seeing him in the flesh, I really want to see the movie again. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I want to see you turn into James Bond again. That was really super fun. When he steps out in that suit, that is uh, always and forever just hot. Well, I, that, and and I remember you and I both watching that going, I, we're way too old for him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I, feel I feel a little bit dirty. But I feel a bit
0: dirty on that, but oh, boy. And uh, especially now that I've seen the next James Bond movie, it's like, I just want to watch Kingsman again because it was so much better.
1: (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen Spectre yet, so I can't definitively comment on that. But that's what I've heard from everybody. Yeah, Uh. it's it's
0: like, Spectre, I want to keep the the opening sequence and and like one of the explosions. And then that's about it. (laughs) I'll just I'll just play the explosion over and over what are you gonna pick next? Oh, let's see. I will. Um, I will pick "Standby for Tape Backup," which is uh, kind of a cheat. I feel like because nobody's ever gonna be able to see it because it will never be released. But uh, it's it really was one of the most amazing things I saw in a theater. And I saw it twice. So, dear listeners, if you uh, hadn't caught up on our Fantastic Fest episodes, "Standby for Tape Backup" is a um generally what it's done as is a part live part filmed performance where a uh, a man had basically rediscovered an old videotape that belonged to his grandfather that had all this stuff taped over and taped over and taped over on it all of these tv shows and movies and things and it was just all glitchy as hell and he started using it as kind of a uh, a source of images to do beat poetry over and so he he takes the the tape and rewinds it and fast forwards it and rewinds it and talks over it and pauses it and you know tells long stories and and finds rhythms in it and it turns into music and it it is this really amazing experience and so there's the version that he does live and then there is. Um, basically a movie where he basically locked down the show into just something you can watch as a video. But since it's all footage that came from other things, you know, like Ghostbusters and Jaws and uh, Crystal Castle and all these British TV shows, the the rights would be a nightmare. (laughs) So, uh, but he still does the show and he still tours with the movie. So, there, I mean, if you watch out for it, and you go to festivals, or if you're over in the UK, you probably could see the show at some point. But it's not something that would be released wide, or would be released on Netflix. My biggest regret from Fantastic Fest. It's amazing, Wendy. It's just amazing, just hypnotic. I
1: had to work. I remember yeah. I had to get a. I had a deadline. I was man. I was sad. Yeah, so sad. Uh okay, well if we're going to talk about Fantastic Fest things, mm-hmm. um other things that technically count for this year, The Witch. Oh I, yes. I I fucking loved it. Like it's it's one of the movies coming out of Fantastic Fest. Now granted, there are like eight movies coming out of Fantastic Fest that I cannot wait to find and show to mm-hmm. people, but The Witch is one that is going to open wide this coming um February. Fe- February? Mhm. Oh man, go see it, people! Um, don't if they try to market it to you as a horror movie, it's not. It's a psychological drama. But if you want to know more about it, you can listen to our Fantastic Fest episodes. But uh, the farther I get from it, the more I like it <laughs> even more. <laughs> like I'm still, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still excited by it. I
0: yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I didn't. That's one of the ones I didn't catch at Fantastic oh, that's Fest. Right. Mm-hmm. I never saw it.
1: Melissa, maybe? I oh, I wonder if there's a way I could arrange for us to watch it at a Xanaxina weekend.
0: Maybe. Or mm. maybe that's
1: one of your Xanaxina holiday picks in February.
0: Well, y- yeah, that very well could be because I think our uh, Xanaxina holiday date is after the release date of the witch. So, that could be good. Mm. To- mm. Mm-hmm. That could work. That could work. Well, okay, if we're going to keep talking about Fantastic, Fantastic Fest. Fest <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of things on our list from Fantastic Fest. I already know this because I've got The Keeping Room, which you didn't see. Um, the Keeping Room, uh, which is a uh, Civil War, not drama, but a thriller, where it's three women in the in the antebellum South. They're basically the only people alive on this... Uh, plantation. And the North is starting to come through and do its sweep of the South and clear out. And, uh, so basically these three women are in their plantation and all the guys in their family are dead. So they're basically maintaining everything themselves. And, uh, these two, um, union scouts come through and, uh, they're not good guys. So, they they wreak havoc on a local inn and then they start going after the three women and so it's a um, it's a very very tense very interesting um, kind of closed quarters thriller and, and this, yeah. this
1: is a movie that did open but probably only at art houses but yeah. if you went looking for it it's probably going to show up on streaming it, you should be able to find it for digital rental or uh-huh. if you have a good video store near you like mm, i don't know video universe the best video store in the universe um <laughs> they would probably have it yeah honestly
0: yeah the keeping room is amazing guys it's really worth um uh tracking down and it's um you talk about good feminist filmmaking it's uh, it's amazing it's uh it was written by a woman. I, th- I can't remember if it was directed by a woman as well, but it's the the characters are great. Um, just a just a great movie. Definitely worth tracking down.
1: Okay, well, other great things from Fantastic Fest that seriously rocked my world uh-huh. and will stay with me as and when I think back on 2015. Devil's Candy. <laughs> Devil's Candy was so great. This <laughs> metal is fun. Oh,
0: so good that is so, so much to like so much to like that may be the most marketable movie that came out of fantastic fest i mean that is a solid horror film um it should have gone larger than you know because I, I don't i don't think...
1: understand why it was not out in theaters in october
0: yeah yeah it's fantastic it is i mean it, is it super... could be maybe it... next october yeah, it's a maybe. I don't know. It's a it's a fun horror movie. It is, um, oh, yeah. you know, great characters and um, you know a really solid premise. And it's metal as fuck. <laughs> it and, is so but, but great. But like seriously,
1: it is a film that like it's one of the best of its type that I've seen in years. I have had to sit through so many shitty horror movies. Yeah. And this one is just so fucking enjoyable and so solidly made. And yes, and with just enough unexpected like notes and turns that you're like, I don't know what to go. Oh, that was exciting. Yay. Like, (laughs) oh, yes, the devil's candy. Seek it out. Like this is, I know that one is way too, like that's, that's got to end up on streaming at some point. It just does. Right. Right. And if it ever, if it goes wide, see it in a theater. It it's so oh, much fun. That soundtrack deserves a big screen sound, sound experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, 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 you need sound to just envelop you on yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, dear listeners, just a really quick recap of what it is. It's, a. Uh, it's a it's an artist and his wife and his uh, teenage daughter they move to a new house which happens to be a uh, previously murder, house. murder, murder house, house previously occupied by uh uh mentally ill man who um is still wandering around and he's he thinks he's doing the bidding of the devil and uh to but to out keep... the
1: devil he's got his guitar that he plays really loud
0: and you know soon the artist is seeing visions and, you know all this crazy stuff happens but it's it it is really good it is a solid little movie and i was very pleased with it
1: yeah that was a fun one That was a fun one that one that one puts a smile on my face oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Do you remember when we walked into Zinzana? Uh-huh. We didn't remember what we were seeing because it was that point in the festival like I don't even remember what, what's this one called Zinzano do we even remember what it's about I don't know it's something from the Middle East we're gonna watch it because you know that's what we do mm-hmm. we'll see and by the end we're just like oh my god my face is melted the, <laughs> and Zinzano is amazing I want to show it to everybody <laughs> I kept looking at you and you kept looking at me and we're like what is happening this is joy this is joy right now i'm so excited
0: (laughs) yeah Zinziana, dear listeners this is the uh first and so far only horror film to ever be made in the united arab emirates if i remember right horror thriller genre just yeah first genre film and yes it's the uae yeah it's the uae and um it it is a really close quarters picture it is uh it takes place almost entirely in a a uh jailhouse so you've got a couple of cells and an office right in front of it and and it's uh like three actors it's a western in tone yeah and it is a, your protagonist is in the jail cell and he's kind of been framed to put in there, to be put in there. And, uh, they outside the cell is the evil dude and they're playing <laughs> off of each other and the evil dude's being evil. And there's a woman who keeps wandering in every once in a while and evil dude is, you know, disguising his being evil to her. And, you know, it's. It is so much fun. the The performances are just a blast, and mm. it it was really impressive. I like that movie a lot. I did too.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's called it the the um, translation is "Rattle the Cage," so you might see that or some variant thereof. Yeah, but um, if it looks like some sort of cheaply made weird foreign film, know that it is better than it looks like (laughs) well right because you can imagine sort of you can imagine the the dvd cover art on this right like it Mm -hmm. would look terrible but just trust us like watch it. it
0: it is super fun
1: like fantastic fest was a highlight of my year i am so glad i finally got to go did you have
0: another one from fantastic fest um i've got one more i've got green room Oh yeah, I didn't get to see Green Room. Yeah, Green Room, uh, which will be coming out, I checked, it's coming out in April now. Uh, It is a, it's a movie by the same guys who did Blue Ruin. By the way, Wendy, you should see Blue Ruin. It's a great movie. Um, It's a a fantastic fest movie from years back. But um, Green Room is a movie about um, a punk rock band who's touring and they need, uh, enough money to get home so they agree to play a skinhead club and uh, eventually you know they, they play and they get back into the green room and when they enter the green room oh no there's a dead guy in the floor and uh, they get locked into the green room by the, the club owner and things go down <laughs> and, and it is excellent it is really excellent and you know one of the great little facets of the movie, and this is just one of its delights, Patrick Stewart as a villain. I love him. I know, right? Everybody loves Patrick Stewart. I I feel like if you don't love Patrick Stewart, you are kind of dead inside.
1: Right? Yeah. Mm. Like how do you how do you not love the man who's gone on a like a public bromance with, <laughs> with Ian McKellen? <laughs> <laughs> that is so adorable.
0: Aww. Aww.
1: Let's see. In terms of. Uh, Sort of a tense, really good film. you haven't seen it, have you? Straight out of Compton? No, I haven't yet. Like dude, it's it's really good. Um, <laughs> I don't know Dick about rap history, hip hop history. Um, I don't know that very much about the culture. I'm not really big into that. like uh, between Straight out of Compton and Hamilton I, I have just had it like shoved in my face at the end of this year and I feel <laughs> like I need to learn things. <laughs> No. But Straight Outta Compton is, it's one of those really satisfying underdog um, biopic sorts of things where, I mean, nothing happens that is unexpected. It Mm -hmm. is your typical rags to riches and all the problems that happen once you're rich sort of stories. But the characters are so compelling. And what they are doing is so fascinating that um and i'm i am actually a big fan of a lot of the random characters who show up like i love ice cube Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do because a lot of these people have since become performers or actors in other venues so even though i don't know hip-hop real well i know of them as performers or actors and the kid who is it's ice cube not Ice tea right (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's nice, cute. I always I do I get them mixed up sure I, I gotta nice admit
0: I, I mix up their names too
1: um, but it's his son playing him and like yeah. freakishly well um, and it's got you know it's got Dre, Dr. Dre and, and Snoop Dogg shows up at one point and So even if you don't know a whole lot, you're like, oh my God, I know who that is. Oh, okay. So this is sort of a cleaned up Hollywood version of what went down. And it makes you realize just how fucked up it all was. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just, it's really interesting. I really enjoyed the experience of watching it. And you really should seek it out.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it's totally on my list. It's just, I haven't, (laughs) I've actually been really bad at watching movies this year. Usually I get over 300 movies and I think I just cracked 200.
1: Well, and I mean, my list of movies that I haven't seen in terms of like, just as I was going through making a list of like, oh, these are the ones I saw and I liked and like, but these are movies I wanted to see and I didn't get to that might mm-hmm. also have had a chance. It was as big as my list of movies I liked easily. Oh, easy. easy. It, I missed so much this year, but um, yeah, straight out of Compton, it's not anything surprising, but it's just really, really good. Like it's a really solid entry into that. Genre. Nice. Filmmaking. So, yeah, I liked it. And hey, and if it gets people to um, explore a little bit more of hip hop culture, like, I feel like that's all to the good because I think um, more exposure to different ideas is probably for the best right now. I agree. I agree. Well, and if we're going to talk then about a really solid entry that it's not surprising, but it's so fucking well done, that's got to be Creed. Yeah right like it's the natural's next step
0: and uh one of the things i actually looked up um you know after we talked about creed on our uh, Zanacena holiday uh episode just a few episodes ago um you know we were waxing rest raps- r- rhapsodic about how it didn't feel like a white guy <laughs> writing <laughs> and you know i learned i actually looked it up afterwards as like that's because it wasn't a right guy writing. Um, it's written and directed by a black man. And a uh, black man, Thank if I if I remember right, he also has a background in fighting. So, um, nice. And if I remember right, um, this is the first r- Rocky movie to not be written by Stallone. Oh. Huh. So, which which is why I was kind of thrown by it. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's why it has a very different tone and... Yeah, but but it's but, it's, but it's, yeah,
1: I mean, but not so different. It's still a Rocky movie. It's oh, not. Yeah. I just felt like it was a breath of fresh air and sort of like Rocky, but like revitalized. So I actually, yeah, I mean, I feel like ha- not having Stallone write write it is very much a good idea of just to get a new voice, mm-hmm. but with you know with Stallone still so involved that it definitely still uses the same vocabulary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, bravo to Stallone for, you know, being open to having somebody take over this franchise that basically made his entire career.
1: Well, bravo. I <laughs> mean, bravo for recognizing there's a fucking good script, man. Yes. Yeah. Like, damn. I love that movie so much. More people, and yet nobody's been seeing it. I feel like, I feel like stupid well, fucking Oscar season dumps so much heavy drama all at the same time that people like you can't see it all and you just sort of give up and then you you have sort of fatigue and you're like fuck you i'm just gonna stay home and watch ant-man again
0: well i th- i think that part of the problem of oscar season is all the the high you know the high quality oscar grabbing movies get dumped into the like the last month of the year and that's when everybody's dealing with christmas <laughs>
1: I mean, yeah, we have more time to go see movies, but at Christmas, I can't take my daughter, my seven year old daughter to see the big short Uh concussion or spotlight or creed. Right. Like, right. Like, like, what are you doing? Like Oscar season really needs to be
0: rethought.
1: Well, seriously, because I want to see the big short and concussion and spotlight. I want to see joy Um, Well, well, what's
0: happening now, though, is since um, they've kind of shortened the the length between um, when the Oscars get announced and when they actually do the ceremony, um, you know, once the Oscars get announced, all those uh, nominees come back into theaters. So they they get and kind of an extended run beyond the christmas season thankfully which
1: is why you don't need to drop these all in december
0: i know but the thing but i mean the truth is that people forget about the movies that came out in january and february and march of any given year and the vote no the the voters do i mean they've they've done i know that but i don't buy that. that
1: not not now that they can send out screeners to remind people I don't buy that. And if, if you're that fucking lazy of a voter, then maybe you shouldn't get to vote or something. Or like like the way they, they had to change the rules that if you did not watch the whole movie, you couldn't vote for documentary. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we just need to make some rules because this, I mean, seriously, this is BS. I cannot go see all of these movies. I want to see them all. I think they oh, yeah. all look good. I think they could all be contenders. If I were a voter, I'd be like, fuck you, I can't get to all these goddamn movies. Why are you doing this to me? This is bullshit. Uh ah, makes me mad. What do you got? What do you got?
0: Oh, I've got Bridge of Spies speaking of Oscar yes! season. Oscar season, faux <laughs> show. Faux show, Bridge of Spies. Super fun. Super well, good. It, so pretty. Yeah. Fun for a dark subject matter. And, yeah, and just gorgeous. Yeah. Like
1: we talked about, it's competency porn. It's fun to watch somebody be put in a situation where they should not be that successful. And yet. Mm-hmm. They're so good at it. And, and Tom Hanks.
0: I also appreciated the, I don't think we got into this last time we talked about it, but um, I appreciated the depiction of East Berlin. Yeah. Because it's been a long time since movies took on what happened in East Berlin
1: and yet it's happening right now like in israel uh-huh they they have a wall and like other various places so i really felt like it was super timely to be reminded and oh man yeah it was really visual and visceral of like when they were passing people out of the window mhm like to to get them out before they got the windows bricked up yep <laughs> like oh i can't i can't even imagine
0: yeah, that would be horrifying. There, there is no context for that. <laughs> Just really. so
1: trapped. Just because I'm on this side of the wall, I'm I'm an East German citizen now.
0: Mm-hmm. What?
1: When did you decide that? When I didn't get to vote on that, you've decided my politics for me based on where I live. That's messed up.
0: But you know, for as dark as that is, Bridge of spies is a very. Uh, I, it's a, it's kind of wrong to say fun movie, but it is a Coen Brothers script, <laughs> and it is Steven Spielberg, and, and it, it is he, Steven Spielberg, and there there's something, you know, for for the tension that it depicts, it's also a a very warming movie in that you're you're very involved in these characters, and and uh, it yeah, it's fun, it's it's great to watch, it's a great little it's, movie,
1: it's a feel good movie, yeah. It is a movie that will make you feel good. Yeah. Right? The the good, guys, the good guys win. Mm-hmm. And along the way, they sort of stick it to the man. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love that? I love that. Stick it to the goddamn man.
0: <laughs> I don't know. What else? Well, the remaining three movies are all things that you have seen that I haven't. Really? Uh-huh. Because one of them was Inside Out. Yes. Like, it really was terrific. Uh-huh. And it's Pixar, which means... I need to see it at some point.
1: Like, and I really think you'd like it. I oh, I yeah. mean, there's there's so much humor, but this is a movie that makes emotions okay. And it's a female protagonist. So on the one hand, yay, another female protagonist, right? And mm-hmm. she is not by any means girly girly, like, which is also great. But on the other hand, I couldn't help but notice we're talking about... Emotions, so it has to be a girl. And there, there are some still some stereotypes, like about, about what men are doing in their heads instead of paying attention and how men miss emotional cues. Like the stereotypes are still in there and played for laughs, which can still be troubling. But overall, I give it pretty high marks because it is still a movie that is bringing emotional intelligence to the forefront Oh, yeah. And, and talking about how important it is for us to engage in self-awareness of what we are feeling. That's huge.
0: Oh, well, yeah. And and especially with Pixar, you know, Pixar hasn't had the best track record for female protagonists. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it's good to have one more added to, to the lineup, you know, even though it, it is kind of the, the emotional stereotype, but you know what? I'll stop talking about it because I haven't seen the movie. Well, um, <laughs> I mean,
1: it's no surprise. I mean, you know, from the trailers, like in her head, joy is the, the main controller, right? Cause she's mm-hmm. a child. And the big sort of push pull is that uh, sh- sadness who is, I think i Kaling. I don't, it doesn't matter. But um, joy is like, I don't understand what sadness is for. And for Riley, as she's entering, um, you know, puberty and becoming, you know, more emotionally complex, it's about figuring out the value of being sad and figuring out complex emotions. And for Joy, the character of Joy, it's about understanding the value of being sad. Mm -hmm. And so it really, it becomes very emotionally important To talk in terms of, like, the way we talk about depression and sadness as a culture, because we don't. Right. So, I think it could be really groundbreaking. And, of course, it was also the movie that we watched um, our very first night here in Austin. (laughs) (laughs) And it's about a family moving to a new town from Minnesota. So, yeah, by the end, uh, we were all just crying on each other. Teddy (laughs) was crying, and I was crying, and my mom was crying. We were all just crying and, like... I, feel, I think it was good, though. It was a catharsis. It was good for us. It's it all good. It good.
0: <laughs> and you're happy now.
1: And we're happy now. And it really is a terrific movie. I, is, I don't know about in terms of is it one of Pixar's absolute best, but it's something very different. And I think that is something important.
0: Yeah. And I'm all for it. I'm all for Pixar continuing to grow as a film company.
1: <laughs> yes. And I mean, in the animation's. Terrific. And the concepts, I mean, you'll love just sort of the meta concepts of how they construct the brain and cognition in the brain. You like, you're going to love it. There's so much smart things happening there. It's really delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Let's see, other two, my last two movies of things that I enjoyed this year of note, uh, Steve Jobs Uh with Michael Fassbender with the script by, of course, Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) Um, It is so good. It is really thought provoking. It's not 100% accurate to Steve Jobs' life, but um, it is a fascinating portrait of arguably a genius. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it really good. Like, don't try to pick apart what's true and what's not. It is, and it's, And there's not even really a plot. I feel like it'd be a really interesting stage play because Ooh. it is simply a character study. Of this one man at three very specific points in his career. And so it is three three se- three scenes, three set pieces of real time, him getting ready for three different product launches or three different presentations. And if you know your Apple history, it it adds a special dimension. You're like, oh, my God, I know exactly what that was talking about. Oh, my God, I know exactly where that was. Um and it's got a great cast. It's got uh, the the chubby dude from the interview. Seth Rogen. Thank you, Seth Rogen. And it's got some great female. It's got, I want to say it's like Amy. No. Oh, it's Kate Winslet. No, I'm sorry. It's Kate <laughs> Winslet. It's Kate Winslet. She's okay. amazing in it. Uh. So yeah, I liked it a lot. It's a really smart script. It's definitely got some Sorkin-y stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good character study. I... I guess, I don't know if it's one of the best movies of the year, but I really enjoyed it. And I think Michael Fassbender is fascinating to watch in it.
0: Um, Well, Fassbender's always interesting to watch.
1: Yeah, and this plays to his strengths. Like, he's spiky, yet likable. Like, Mm -hmm. you can understand how somebody so fundamentally who could do such fuckish things, because he really did do some really fucking fucky oh, fucky
0: fuckerish things Steve Jobs was a
1: dick <laughs> and yet you can understand why people stuck around right when you watch his performance you're like yeah i get it he's it's like you you get so drawn in by the excitement of being around somebody who is just radiating that much energy mhm so yeah it's really neat and then the last movie is ant-man <laughs> people how do you not like this movie I just it was so delightful and I kind of think I like it better than Guardians of the Galaxy oh those are strong words I know but here's the thing I love—I like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot but one of my big problems with it is for as much as I love Chris Pratt in mm-hmm. it Chris Pratt is playing your typical frat bro dude Mm, true Ant, he's kind of like that dude who's like i'm so cool you don't notice that i'm dumb no i totally notice that you're dumb yeah but i'm still cool right like and for as much as i enjoy him and i enjoy the movie overall that gets in the way a little bit for me ant-man is a heist film <laughs> ant-man is already the structure of a film i fucking love mm-hmm. and then on top of that you add Superhero stuff. You add a script by- um, Edgar Wright. Thank you, Edgar Wright. And so it's- it Because even though Edgar Wright left the property, he wrote the script and they kept a lot of what he wrote. Mm-hmm. And you've got Paul Rudd being super funny and likable and charming and warm and terrific. And Michael goddamn fucking Douglas, who knocks it out of the park. And Evangeline Lilly, who's terrific. Like- <laughs> It's, the three of them are so great together. The oh, and uh, uh, Michael Pe- is it Michael Pena or Richard Pe- Pena? Um, but the Hispanic actor, and he's so adorable. He's Michael
0: so, Pena, I believe.
1: Yeah, he's so adorable. He's so great. Um, yeah, <laughs> I we I didn't see it until really late. In fact, I didn't. See, we got it for Christmas, so we watched it. I think Christmas night, and we have now watched it again within as many days because it was just so fun we watched it again cool so yeah ant-man now in terms of 2015 i wanted i did have two honorable mentions one if you didn't see it see focus that's the um will smith one.
0: Oh yeah okay
1: the trailer does not do it justice it is again another sort of heist con man movie mm-hmm. and um and it unfolds in a very satisfying way so seek it out it's good It's better than you thought it was. It's better than it looked. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you how much fun I had watching Jupiter ascending this year. (laughs) (laughs) With the caveat that if you're going to watch Jupiter ascending, you want a great big crowd of people and a lot of alcohol on hand. And you need to be okay with just yelling at the movie because it's so ridiculously bad.
0: I'd love for B-Fest to still be running like 20 years from now because I want them to run Jupiter Ascending and I want to be with <sighs> that crowd.
1: Like you could make, I would say you could make a drinking game out of it except people would die. Yeah. Because there's so many awful things that repeat and trope throughout it that if you took a drink every time they happened, people would die. <laughs> Like, drink every time somebody rises. Drink every time somebody's falls. Oh, shit, we've killed people a half hour in.
0: God damn it. Or hell, even just one rule, drink whenever you need it, you would Bees. die. Bees. <laughs> Bees. Bees.
1: Now, oh. listeners, I wanted to give shout-outs to films that I wish I had seen in 2015, and I'm looking forward to looking up. Big Short, Joy, Concussion, Spotlight, I mentioned those. Good dinosaurs popped up on my list. I really wanted to see Suffragette. I wanted to see yeah. Macbeth, which had uh Marion Cotillard and Fastbender in it. I
0: really want to see Macbeth.
1: Right? I need to see Magic Mike too. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah, me too.
1: Because yeah. I I've heard fun things about the Final Girls. The last five years I still haven't seen, and that is a musical version of that is a film version of a musical that I'm excited about. Which is a two person musical where, as the play progresses, one person is starting from right now going forward five years, and one person is starting five years and going backwards, and they meet at intermission. Oh neat, yeah, and it is the story of their relationship it's huh. It's not a happy story yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do? um so yeah, and i I need to seek out cooties because I just thought that was adorable looking but <laughs>
0: Yeah, there there were so many movies that I missed out on this year. Uh, dear listeners, I was working a lot of overtime this year, is, is and your it's gonna get better next it year. Just ate my life. Yeah, yeah, it's getting better.
1: Good, because that was bullshit. <laughs> I know. I was standing on the sidelines, going, "That over there, that's bullshit. What that is? <laughs> I am not a fan of what's going on there."
0: <sighs> yeah, no, it's it's going to normalize over January, so good. It's fine. Good. Good. I was literally writing the last of the formulas today for, for what I need to accomplish for that company. <laughs> Thank
1: God. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, um, yeah. So listeners, that is our, um, the movies that we recommend from 2015. Hopefully it reminded you of great things you saw
0: or possibly of things you need to seek out. Yeah. Yay. 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 2015. Yay. Yeah. You know what? For, for as crappy as 2015 was, there were some good movies.
1: There, there were some very fine movies. Yes, yes, yes. yes. There was a lot to enjoy at the movie theaters. <laughs> go, go bury your head in the sand with some cinema people. Yeah, Yay. yeah. All right. So, um, Melissa, do you have a Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome recommendation? Do you have a pleasure? Mo- <sighs> do you have a Pleasure Dome recommendation?
0: <laughs> you know what? I do. I do. So, uh, dear listeners, if you are local to Minneapolis. I've got one for you. In February, this is a thing that usually happens in February, but I just confirmed today it is happening again this February. The Heights Theater in Columbia Heights is running films noir all through February.
1: Oh, we did that last <laughs> February and we had such a good time. Uh huh.
0: And they're doing it again. Oh, I'm yeah. So- yeah. Yeah, they're they're they've dug up some really interesting stuff too. They've got um where the sidewalk ends and uh they end on Sunset Boulevard, which is always great, but the oh, yeah. the, the 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 weeks leading up to it are They've got Night in the City, uh, which is uh, Jules Dassin, I think, if I remember right. Fantastic movie. Uh, Gun Crazy, which is um, one of the movies that we saw at Butnumathon many, many years ago. Wendy, did we? Yeah, we saw that. Gun Crazy is um, is pretty great, and uh, also The Asphalt Jungle. Oh, John Huston's Asphalt Jungle is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: you were just recently talking about this, right? Wasn't uh-huh.
0: that you? I haven't seen it. It's great. Oh, it's great. Is Wendy it, um, rent it off of Voodoo or Amazon or something like that. It's like three bucks. It's yeah. fantastic. Okay. So, dear listeners, uh, you can uh, go to the Heights and bone up on your films noir this February. And all through January, I will add this because um, it's the same film group putting this together. At the Trilon, uh, they're running and Suzuki movies all through January. And Seijin Suzuki is an insane Japanese filmmaker who did a lot of, like, Japanese noir in the in the 1960s. And they're bizarrely stylish to watch. And they make absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. But these are movies that, by and large, are, have never been available in the United States. So... You can go see something really special at the trial on, uh, like, all through January. They've got, like, ten films.
1: Yeah, I went and saw a Suzuki down here.
0: Yeah, you saw a Tokyo Drifter, or, or was it branded to kill?
1: I think it was branded to kill. Okay. But it was super pretty. Yeah, super
0: pretty. Yeah, That's what gorgeous. I remember
1: about it. It was super pretty.
0: Yeah, there. Yeah. it's like watching a Mario Bava movie, only more Japanese.
1: Very <laughs> Japanese. Very, um, it was pretty straightforward, but I will say I... For as much as I didn't get lost in the plot by the end, I'm like, I'm not sure I could tell you what the plot
0: was. Well, yeah, it's they're kind of bonkers, so you just kind of don't worry about the plot; you just watch it.
1: Yeah, very, very convoluted. All right. Yeah. Um. Listeners- yeah. There, there's
0: one. There's one that the that the Trylon has. It's like a remake of Carmen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm setting aside some time to get down to the Trylon.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah. All right, my uh Cinema Dome Cinema uh, cinema. Well, you know, <laughs> my pleasure dome recommendation for this week is um there is an event down here in Austin called Astronomy on Tap. Ooh. <gasps> yes. Ooh. <gasps> so basically at a bar you can go and somebody will give a talk apparently. I know very little little about this, but what I do know is there is a YouTube video of an event that I desperately wanted to get to, but I had a conflict. But there is a YouTube video of this event, so I'm very excited because it is Science versus Cinema, The Martian by Copernicus. Yes, it oh. is our BNAD friend, Andy Howell. Yay! And he is talking about the science of The Martian. Nice it is, it is uh it's about a half hour long YouTube video, so it's not very long and um Andy is super great, right and he mm-hmm. and he's a physicist, he knows his shit, and um so I'm yeah, so you should watch this like especially if you loved the Martian or just are interested in finding out more about the science of it so yeah i and I'll send you the the YouTube link, obviously, Melissa, so you can post it in the show notes but Yay! Yay. YouTube video of sciencey things being sciencey! Yay! (laughs) Science!
0: All right, before we go further astray, we should close this. <laughs> yes, let us. Yes. Listeners,
1: um as we as you listen now that it's 2016, I am excited for all of the movies that are going to happen in 2016, but it also means you've got time to catch up on what happened in 2015. Yo. And so, even
0: catch up with some that we saw at festivals this year because yes. they come out later.
1: Yes. Yay. Um so if you want, go all the way back to Fantastic Fest, which was August, if you don't remember. It was September. No, it was September. Pardon me. September. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. I, I moved in August. Fantastic Fest was in September. And uh, you can review that and be like, oh, I should keep an eye out for these things. Um, and of course, obviously, wherever it is that you live, you should be keeping an eye on your art house theaters because, yeah, there's a, there might be a lot of like, arty movies that show up but every once in a while you're gonna find a genre arty film and that's Mm -hmm. something you definitely want to seek out yeah (laughs) so um happy new year listeners happy Happy new year melissa happy
0: (laughs) melissa (laughs) i'm being british happy new year wendy (laughs) i'm sure
1: we'll talk well maybe i don't know who knows if we will but i'll probably (laughs) drunk text you on new year's eve
0: oh that's awesome yeah. I'll, I'll be watching movies with kelvin like i always do
1: like you always do
0: like you do <laughs> like, like you do like like i, I, do. I
1: hear about <laughs> <laughs> all right good night listeners good night thank you for joining us in the xanadu cinema pleasure dome our theme song was written by tim wick and jeffrey brown and recorded and mastered by chad dutton new episodes arrive every thursday you can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at XanaduCinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. You're going to find out that podcasting with me when you're sober and I'm not is annoying. And then you're going to be like, what the hell?